Season 2, Episode 34, your midweek special bonus episode where, uh, ah, boy, I tell ya, we got some real Jim Dandies to get the midweek started, and it just keeps getting better by the weekend. So, but I'm going to get to have kind of a nice, um, semi-quiet week as, um, well, the wife and the kid are going to be leaving the state to go looking at uh, a potential college visit. So, yeah, I will get to be here to babysit Grandma, which should be pretty fun. She's pretty easy to babysit. Just take her out to walk. You <laughs> take her out to to walk once a day, and you know, keep her fed and watered, and everything is fine. So, in any case, um, enjoy our midweek stupidity. You big dummy! You big dummy! You big dummy! dose of stupidity. I'm telling you, there's so much stupidity in the world, we have to give it to you in small doses twice a week. Because people have been gagging on stupidity. <laughs> so if you're joining us, this is uh, kind of the bonus midweek uh, episode of My Stupid World. Of course, don't forget, we've got another episode coming up that we'll, we'll uh, publish on the weekend on Saturday morning, which will feature my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guero, and we save all the good stuff for that. But of course, we will have a few of the uh, examples of stupidity, which we just basically put out for entertainment purposes. I don't endorse these actions. I don't celebrate them. I don't agree with some of them. I just think they're hilarious. And I like reading them because, well, you know, it makes me feel a whole lot smarter because I know there's people out there that are stupider than I am. Hard to believe, I know. So, so yeah, okay, if uh, some of this rankles a few folks, well then, I guess good for you. You probably needed to be rankled. You know, I tell you what rankles me, I, you know, and, and this is kind of interesting because I think I even said in an earlier podcast that um, Tim Cook of Apple is saying that um, he kind of envisions us eventually picking a president using our phones. The funny thing is, I have always said this. I think we should pick a president like we pick American Idol. Sometimes I wonder it might even be more secure. You know what I'm saying? I'm not necessarily thinking it's a good idea, but the way this country's going, why not? You know, the funny thing is the way we've done elections has worked so well for 200 plus years. And yet we are doing the very thing my management teacher in college told me not to do. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But the problem is too many people want to fix something that really ain't broke. <clears throat> but now, I mean, we've had... Well, first off, Ronald Reagan, who was a big Hollywood actor back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, and he ran for president, was very successful. We had a star of The Apprentice, Donald Trump. He ran for president. And, well, now people begin to think, maybe we should have more celebrities running for political office. <clears throat> America's had a pretty up-and-down history of celebrities becoming politicians. And I guess we love to criticize Hollywood stars when they wade into politics on social media and at all these award shows that we don't watch. But apparently we're also gluttons for punishment because we really do want celebrities running this country. There's a new survey that's out. More than 30,000 American adults, 63%, say Hollywood stars can make good politicians with the right attitude and support staff. I have a feeling we may regret that. But we've got Matthew McConaughey. He's been talking about seriously running for governor of Texas. Then we got Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's considering a presidential campaign. 58% said they'd support him. 29% would vote for both. And another 17% said they'd be into The Rock, but maybe not Matthew. Another 12% say, all right, all right, all right, to Matthew but they're not really committing to The Rock. Just 21% said they would not vote for either. And another 21% aren't really sure. 30% said they would like to see Angelina Jolie run for president. What? 
and 27% would support Oprah. No, no, no. 22% would prefer Tom Hanks. 21% would be into Will Smith. 17% want George Clooney. I think that would be a disaster. 13% like Leonardo DiCaprio. 12% want to see President Dolly Parton clocking a 9 to 5 at the White House. I think she's probably the best candidate of all of them if she would want to run. 10% want yet some another old guy like Harrison Ford. Yes, and we'll get Chewbacca for the vice president. Yeah, a few, he's a few months older than President Biden. <clears throat> 9% would send Ellen DeGeneres and her so-called toxic work environment to the White House. I don't think so. 9% nominated Meryl Streep, naturally. Generally speaking, 45% said Hollywood stars are free to do and say what they want, even if that's a run for office. 19% said anyone can run these days. No experience necessary. Of course not. Can't you tell? On the other hand, 13% want Hollywood stars to just stick to acting. I, I would probably fall into that category. 12% say they're okay with actors engaging in activism, but... We don't really want them in our public office. 11% aren't really sure what to think. Now, by the way, this was not part of the poll, but Axios says Caitlyn Jenner is thinking about running against California Governor Gavin Newsom in a recall election. Well, that'll be a different thing. She would run as a Republican. <laughs> Caitlyn was once a big-time supporter of Donald Trump before souring on him halfway through the term. I don't know. I think the problem is not that we, you know, it's, it's not that who we elect, it's the fact that nobody in America wants to bother to understand the issues. Don't bother me with the facts. My mind is made up. You know, that's the biggest problem. It's like we want all these people to run for president, but we don't really care about the platform. We just, we just think they're cool. Uh, apparently, um, the general public has no clue what it takes to run the country. Maybe that's because the schools have stopped teaching what America's about in the first place. So no wonder we're all screwed up making stupid decisions like this, you know? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I just want it all to stop, you know? Oh, well, anyway, I can just, what's going to happen is one of these celebrities going to do something really stupid and completely screw up the country, then we'll decide, you know what? Those politicians aren't such a bad thing after all, you know? I don't know. Get somebody in there that would just turn the whole White House into one big, I don't know, mess or something. Well, anyway, who would ever guessed that the best way to get away with a crime would be to dress like a hack comic at a chuckle hut open mic night in 1985. Well, the guy in his 20s ends up robbing a bank in Bad Soden-Salmuster, Germany. The guy pulls out a gun, demands money, takes off with a bag of cash. But when the cops ask the bank staff and the witnesses to describe the guy, they couldn't because, well, they were a little distracted by his colorful 1980s-style tie. The police say, he did it very cleverly. Everybody focused on that ugly tie and didn't pay one bit of attention to his face. By the way, the robber's still out there and the police don't have any leads. <laughs> I guess all those dads that got those ugly ties for Father's Day might have a new lease on life if they want to get into a life of crime. Well, if this woman had just tried to pull this car theft stunt with a 1995 Dodge Neon, she could have gotten away with it. But she had to go for something more modern. A 34-year-old woman named Shantara Story went into this car dealership in Winter Haven, Florida and asked to test drive this 2021 Chevy Equinox. Well, the dealership has this policy during the COVID uh, you know, outbreak where people take test drives solo without an employee in the car. So what do you think Shantara did? She took the car, and about two hours later, it was obviously very clear she wasn't coming back with it. But one thing she didn't realize, the car is equipped with OnStar, which 
basically made it incredibly easy for the cops to track it down. And they did. They quickly found Shantara and the stolen car, and she was arrested for Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> you just can't carjack like this. I mean, come on. Where does she think she is? In Chicago? I just love how they tracked her using the car's own OnStar GPS, man. I mean, if only the GPS had told her, go back two hours and make a better decision. You moron! <laughs> Gosh. Oh, well, hey, <clears throat> I'm ready now to test the definition of the word salad. People make all kinds of salads. I have seen every conceivable salad at a Baptist potluck I would rather not remember. But now there's a new recipe on the Food Network website that's really going viral right about now. For a salad that uses, you ready for this? Popcorn and mayo. No, and Heinz is not in the middle of it with her, one of their mashups either. Oh, they do throw in some vegetables too. Uh, you're making crunchy snap pea popcorn salad. Oh boy, my tummy's starting to rumble right now. You pop some popcorn, then you sprinkle it with a little white cheddar flavoring. Then you whip up a bowl of mayo and some sour cream, throw in some vinegar, a little sugar, and Dijon. And then add your snap peas and some carrots and celery, and then mix the popcorn into the batch. The Food Network host who created this salad is Molly Ye, and she says it's, quote, a riff on an iconic Midwestern dish. It's... So Midwestern, so quirky, and so delicious, she says. The texture of the popcorn in the salad is so weirdly good. <laughs> I just can't get enough of it. And then to finish it, I'll top it with my reserved celery leaves and a pile of watercress. And the watercress will add a peppery kick and just a beautiful pop of green on top. See, it looks like you're gonna get a salad, but you look underneath and you see a pile of popcorn. That is my kind of salad. I'm gonna taste it. And this is a salad that you eat with a spoon. This salad is going to crunch. I mean, crush at our party. Most people talking about the recipe on social media believe they would disagree. Okay, look, I'm willing to try it. Okay, I do like popcorn and I do like mayo. Okay, but snap peas, you're going to have to convince me on that one. Just as long as you don't add ketchup to it. I had a friend in high school. The guy loved ketchup on everything. His dad drove his dad nuts. His, I remember his dad telling me he puts ketchup on everything. Ketchup on his eggs. Ketchup on his steak. Ketchup in his ice cream. Well, we may have a ketchup shortage thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. That's right. Restaurants are scrambling to get a hold of America's most popular condiment, according to a new report. And especially a short supply are those little ketchup packets. It's a hot commodity for eateries that have relied on the takeout orders over the past year as COVID-19 crimped their dining room capacity, according to the Wall Street Journal. Those little ketchup packets, you know what we used to do with those in high school? We would, because we, this, well, I wouldn't say high school, I'll say middle school, because my middle school was kind of one of those uh, those buildings where you, there were no indoor corridors. If you were going to change classes, you had to go outside in like a covered walkway to go to the next class. So you were outdoors on a sidewalk in a covered walkway. And of course, after lunch, you had to kind of watch what was going on because some kids would stock up on them ketchup packets. And as you're walking along, they would drop one on the sidewalk and then stomp on it with their shoes. And next thing you know, you got ketchup all over yourself. <laughs> you know, or we would try to smash one on the table in the lunchroom. You know, I had a lot of fun with those ketchup packets. <clears throat> well, anyway, health officials have um, kind of helped drive up the demand of this ketchup by pushing restaurants to ditch the shared ketchup bottles for packets or other single-use containers, according to the paper. You know, and that means the little pumpers that you can pump the ketchup. Nope, nope, can't have them. So prices for the little ketchup packets have now spiked 13% since um, January of 2020 amid this increased demand. And Heinz, which is obviously the largest ketchup producer in the market, can't keep up, probably because they're too busy making mashups, you know? <laughs> I don't know. 
anyway, like Cranch or whatever, ketchup and ranch. I don't know. Stop making your mashups and focus on the ketchup packets, guys. The iconic ketchup brand is urging restaurants to just be patient. They're trying to increase its manufacturing capacity by 25% so they can churn out more than 12 billion sackets a year, according to the Wall Street Journal. Now they're out of ketchup. are bad when ketchup is considered a luxury. Of course, it could be a big break that mustard's been waiting for. I like mustard anyway. I've always liked mustard as a kid. I've made mustard sandwiches before. I really have. The old French's. Put it on some bread, double it over, and you got a mustard sandwich. I love this stuff. Of course, if you're a little kid and you get your hands on a car, why would you drive it to buy something healthy like ketchup? Well, recently, a cop in Stillwater, Minnesota, spotted a 10-year-old doing 50 in a minivan. The kid was all over the road and almost hit a tree before the cop parked his car in front of the minivan to try to stop it. And whenever he asked the kid what he was doing, well, the kid said his parents were asleep and he'd taken the van because he wanted to buy some Cheerios for breakfast the next day. Fortunately, nobody got hurt, and nobody's facing any charges. He just wanted Cheerios, man. Stole a parent's car to get Cheerios. Wow. Come on, kid. I mean, at least get something good, like Fruity Pebbles or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Just make sure you don't get the ones that's got the shrimp inside of it, you know? But, well, I mean, what kind of, obviously what the kid did was unacceptable, but it could always be worse, you know? At least he's a serial lover, not a serial killer, you know? <laughs> Well, yeah, kids roaming around looking for Cheerios, people roaming around looking for ketchup packets. You could also see people roaming around as a zombie. Yeah, I'm serious. There, there are zombies out there roaming the street. They're Zoom zombies. It turns out you should not Zoom and then drive. The Root Insurance Distracted Driving Awareness Survey has revealed that 54% of motorists who have uh, driven soon after using Zoom report having trouble concentrating on the road. Now, the issue seems to be worse the younger the driver is, as 48% of the Gen Xers reports feeling this way, compared to 61% of the Millennials and 65% of the Gen Zers. Now, Root Insurance CEO Alex Tim explains that COVID-19 fundamentally changed the way we interact with our vehicles. As many abruptly shifted to the virtual environment, Americans' reliance on technology dramatically increased along with their screen time, causing a majority of the drivers to carry this distracted behavior into their vehicles. Now, experts say video conferencing takes a lot more brain power than in-person interactions, you know, because you have to pay more attention. And of course, driving takes a lot of this very same energy as well. So to combat this, researchers suggest doing something mindless, you know, between your video conferencing and driving, such as maybe doing the laundry, or listening to this podcast, something to let your brain recharge. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and it probably affects your memory too. This is a big problem for folks. And even for me, I, I don't necessarily, well, I guess I, I, I don't necessarily forget passwords. I, I just don't know which password I'm using. 
But the whole password thing is driving me nuts. Drives my wife insane. You know how many new accounts she has started because she forgets her password? We cannot have a shared account on anything because every time I go into it, she's changed the password again because she can't remember it. This is why all passwords on all my accounts are just one, two, three, four, five. You know, I know, stupid, yes, okay, but it certainly saves a lot of time. The average American is struggling to sign into 10 different accounts a month because they can't remember their password. And over half of us reset our passwords five times a month, wasting close to a full hour on it. Oh, yes, I've watched my wife waste that full hour. Now, there are programs out there that will help you store the passwords. I don't know why we don't use them. But here are some other stats on our password habits from a recent poll. One or seven in 10 people say they've got so many passwords, there's no way they could possibly remember them all. 60% admit they get lazy and just use the same password all the time. On the average, we'll probably use the same login for six different accounts. That's probably why we get hacked half the time. And even when we do use a new password, two-thirds of the people say it's usually one that's very similar to the other password we already use. And two-thirds say they could never remember a new password unless they wrote it down. And guess what? 57% have created a new password, wrote it down, and forgot it immediately. More than 6 in 10 people have temporarily given up on even trying to log into an account because they can't remember their password. One in three have even done it with their own bank account. I know. I've been there. My wife's been there. You've been there. We've all been there. You know what we mean. We've been, you can call it password purgatory or worse yet, password hell. Please enter your new password. Okay. Duckies. Sorry. Your password must contain at least eight characters. Rubber duckies. Sorry, your password must contain one numerical character. 20 rubber duckies. Sorry, the password cannot have blank spaces. 20 stupid rubber duckies. Sorry, the password must contain at least one uppercase character. 20 stupid rubber duckies I'm about to stick up your butt. Sorry. The password cannot use more than one uppercase character consecutively. Okay, now I'm really getting pissed. How about 20 stupid rubber duckies that I'm about to stick up your butt if you don't give me my new password? I'm sorry. That password is already in use. Oh, no! Please start over. Speaking of hell, Nike has released a settlement of its trademark infringement lawsuit with the art brand Mischief, that's spelled M-S-C-H-F, over Lil Nas X's Satan shoes for an undisclosed amount. As part of that agreement, the Nike Air Max 97 sneakers that were modified with the red and black accents and the inverted cross and that drop of human blood mixed into the ink, they'll all be voluntarily recalled. Now, good luck with that. Mischief will buy back any Satan shoes for their original retail price of $1,018 to remove them from circulation, although it's unclear how many people will actually want to sell them back. I have a feeling it's going to have just the opposite effect. They're going to end up being like on the black market. Anyway, the Satan shoes were released in conjunction with Lil Nas X's controversial music video for his song, Montero, Call Me By Your Name, which features a biblical and satanic imagery, including his character giving Satan a lap dance, as if Satan really wanted one. At least 200 of the 666 pairs of these Satan shoes that were manufactured were shipped before a judge granted Nike a temporary restraining order. According to MarketWatch, David Bernstein, an attorney at the firm representing Mischief, said that they made the Satan shoes, quote, to make a point about how crazy collaboration culture has become, adding that the collection appeared to be in collaboration with Satan. Where's the church lady when you need her, huh? Come on, Dana Carey, we need you back. Hmm, could it be Satan? (laughs) 
boy, oh boy. Well, <laughs> oh boy, we, it, would, it would definitely scare some folks to own a pair of shoes like that. But how scared would you have to be to stay in a tree for 18 days? This reminds me of a true story happened several years ago. Northwest Pennsylvania. It was told to me by uh, a guy who was a former um, employee of the Pennsylvania Game Commission. Um, guy knew his uh, wildlife front and back, especially the elk up in Elk County, Pennsylvania. He told a story once about a guy who was a photographer from Pittsburgh, decides to come up into the Pennsylvania wilds in Elk County to photograph the beautiful docile elk herd. Uh, the problem is the bull elk did not want his cows photographed and chased the guy up a tree. The guy went missing for eight hours. They had to call the search and rescue to find the guy. They found him at the top of a tree with the bull elk parked right below. They ended up having to tranquilize the bull elk because that elk was not leaving until that guy came out of the tree. Yeah. Now, eight hours is a little long, but 18 days? Well, it happened to Beverly McIntosh. She lives in my college town of Jonesboro, Arkansas. No, not to her personally. It happened to her little cat, Sparkles. Sparkles, you see, climbed a 60-foot tree recently, and there was no amount of coaxing that anybody could do to get that cat to come down. McIntosh said she tried calling Sparkles. She tried several organizations to come and help. But they said, look, just leave the cat alone. It'll come down on her own if you leave some food at the base of the tree. Well, that's what she did. Well, weeks went by and Sparkles wasn't interested. She had no intention of coming down. So Miss McIntosh eventually located a tree trimmer who was in the area for uh, some jobs, and the man decided, yes, okay, I will agree, and climb the tree to get Sparkles. <laughs> Sparkles spent 18 days in that tree. McIntosh now says the animal is recovering at home, and Sparkles is going to be an indoor cat for the time being. Everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would love to hear about it. Now, if you got a great story from your stupid world, or if you want to respond to one of my stupid stories, let me hear from you. Contact me at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Or if you have a question, maybe a comment about something that I've said or that you've heard. Or if you want to tell of some of your own firsthand experiences of stupidity that you've encountered, I'd love to hear from you, too. You can record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com. I might even actually use your feedback on an upcoming episode. Of course, if you haven't done so already, and frankly, I fail to see why you haven't, you should follow me on social media on Facebook or on Twitter, just by searching out the handle at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. -E. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's the Week in Review. Well, in our Insane Week in Review, it looks like the CDC has come out and said there's no significant risk of catching the coronavirus from a surface or object. I don't think it even matters, though, mainly because during the past year of lockdowns, all people have been touching is themselves. CDC clarified its position in a guidance update that said people generally contract COVID-19 through direct contact with a sick person or from airborne transmission. The CDC's new theme song, I think, should probably be In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Yeah. I can feel COVID in the air tonight. Oh, Lord. <laughs> obviously I, why I don't have a recording contract. A new report claims that Apple CEO Tim Cook wants Americans to be able to vote with their iPhones, just like I said earlier in the podcast. Of course, in that case, Americans would vote overwhelmingly for President Bad Barbie. A new study finds that regret and shame 
do not keep people from avoiding future one-night stands. That's right. The only thing that stops someone from having a one-night stand is the lack of alcohol. A new study from Japan reveals that the more languages you speak, the easier it is for the brain to learn more. So the fact that we as Americans are being forced to learn a new language right now is actually a good thing. And I'm not referring to Spanish or Chinese. I'm referring to Biden. A South Carolina man told police he was punishing himself for cheating on his wife by walking the streets wearing nothing but a plastic bag over his genitals. Well, at least he was wearing protection this time. A reporter in Moscow had her microphone stolen by a dog on live television. She should have known this dog would be a problem, but before this, he kept standing in the camera shot, screaming, Baba Booey! Baba Booey! And just after the Easter holiday, it's been announced that an animated feature based on the popular marshmallow candy Peeps is in the works. Oh boy, keep my feet from dancing. As far as awful ideas go, I'd probably put this at an 8 on a scale of 1 to the Emoji Movie. Uh, don't worry, this movie will get canceled. I mean, after all, they sort peeps by color. China's government warned Washington not to boycott next year's Winter Olympics in Beijing after the Biden administration said it was talking with allies about a joint approach to complaints of human rights abuses. Of course, when it comes to handling China like a gigantic wimp, President Biden definitely takes home the gold medal. When asked about the boycott, President Biden said, Our boys won't be sleeping in cots. They've got good beds in those Chinese hotels. Now, Washington doesn't need to boycott the Beijing Olympics anyway. Same way regular people don't need to boycott celebrity award shows. <laughs> because nobody watches anyway. CNN anchor Brooke Baldwin says the network has a gender equality problem. In fact, the only woman in a position of power at CNN is Don Lemon. A new survey shows that most people constantly forget their online passwords, as I described in this podcast earlier. So it's just like President Biden, you know, with the nuclear codes. Commissioned by one poll, researchers reveal that memorizing passwords is so difficult that two in three respondents, that's 65%, say they will forget it unless they write it down somewhere. And, of course, then they forgot where they left that little piece of paper. A new study reports one in three COVID survivors suffer mental disorders within six months of becoming infected. And you know it's bad when the medical experts who tell you to wear two masks and gloves and wash your hands 14 times a day and spray everything down with disinfectant before you touch it say you have a mental disorder. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un acknowledged that the hermit kingdom is facing its worst ever situation as he called thousands of grassroots ruling party members to be more proactive in carrying out the country's new five-year economic plan. And uh, that new plan mainly involves limiting Kim's monthly fast food budget. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office announced that Tiger Woods' horrific accident was caused by excessive speed. And shockingly, they weren't referring to the drug. Sources with direct knowledge told TMZ that Woods was speeding when he lost control of his loaned 2021 Genesis GV80 in Southern California. It was by a stroke of luck that Tiger made it out alive, actually. And he's mainly used to a stroke of his balls. Eleven people that suffered adverse reactions to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has prompted the closure of a vaccination site in Colorado experienced uh, symptoms include nausea and dizziness. <laughs> yeah, nausea and dizziness. They're scary symptoms, you know, because, well, they can make the simplest uh, tasks like walking up the stairs difficult. Well, a task like that is simple for people not named Mr. President. <laughs> I mean, every man knows that your Johnson can get you into trouble, but apparently not as badly as a Johnson and Johnson. A new study conducted by McGill University finds that music 
can be as addictive as fast food, money, and even alcohol. And all those things really do connect to each other. Because you see, when you see live music, then you drink too much alcohol, you wind up at McDonald's and wake up, you know, with no money in your wallet. Scientists explain that pleasant tunes trigger an area of the brain called the nucleus accumbens, also known as the reward center of your brain. Of course, it's nice to hear that there's a reward center that doesn't require you to spend thousands of dollars on your credit card to get something cool. A survey by CNN found that 40% of Marines have declined to get the COVID-19 vaccine. But who knows if uh, CNN's Marine survey is even accurate. They love to camouflage the numbers. Yeah. No vaccine issues with my pals in the Navy. Those guys love doing shots. Authorities found five dog tags inside the stomach of a massive 12-foot-long alligator that was killed in South Carolina, sparking concerns it ate the pets. But I don't know. Because some say this giant alligator story is a crock. Okay, all right, I'll show myself out, okay? Yeah, the massive beast was all over social media. Kind of gives a whole new meaning to the TikTok crock. And CNN, they're in hot water also for running a story on Asian golfer Siwoo Kim that featured a picture of Asian golfer Sung Jae Im. Yeah, but this probably isn't as bad as the time CNN confused Don Lemon with an actual news anchor. Vice President Kamala Harris has gone almost 20 days without a news conference since being tapped for a border crisis role. Everybody wants to know what she is doing about the coyotes trafficking illegal immigrants. But Kamala is just too busy cackling like a hyena. (laughs) Kamala has definitely been seen on the border, but I'm referring to the chain restaurant. A new report claims students are turning to sex work and porn shots now that the lockdowns have killed all the hospitality jobs. It's just another way Dr. Fauci has left everyone screwed. Researchers say that eating together at the dinner table without phones could be key to combating the childhood obesity problem. But what this study fails to address is uh, if kids don't have their phones, how the heck are they going to upload pictures of their dinner onto Instagram? I mean, while the Mediterranean diet has long been seen as having health benefits, researchers have found its cultural traditions of conversation and slower eating can even prevent eating disorders. Yeah, Yeah, but constant arguments with your family at the dinner table will just create even more complex mental disorders. I mean, there's no such thing as slow eating in America. we, We might have just finished shoveling snow, but I don't think we'll ever stop shoveling food down our gullets. A California city erected a fence outside a restaurant that has repeatedly flouted the coronavirus health orders. Needless to say, this is not the type of erection you like hearing about. The fencing was actually put up outside of Tinhorn Flat Saloon and Grill in Burbank after a court ordered the establishment's electricity to be shut off. Some will say that because the owners don't believe in the dangers of COVID, the restaurant's name should be changed to, um, well, from the Tinhorn Flats to Tinfoil Hats. A Florida entertainer who calls himself the Gator Crusader has taught an alligator to respond to his commands, but only when he speaks in the voice of Macho Man Randy Savage. (laughs) Yeah, that's the uh, Gator Crusader, not to be confused with the crocodile necrophile who also lives in Florida. Tom Hanks' son, Chet Hanks, released a clip from his controversial White Boy Summer video, which shows the rapper uh, bouncing his face off of a woman's butt repeatedly. People have been calling this guy a butthead, but it appears he took it literally. I can't even imagine how humiliated poor Tom Hanks must be. Chet is easily his second biggest embarrassment, right behind the Da Vinci Code. And the lovesick British Romeo, who rode a jet ski across the Irish Sea to be with a new gal pal, has reportedly now broken up with the woman. 
when the royal family heard about a guy who crossed the sea to be with his girl he's now breaking up with, they were really hoping it was Prince Harry. I love this story, you know, because it really shows you the difference between new relationships and old ones. <laughs> yeah, this dude rides a jet, sea, a, a jet ski across the channel of water to see a girl he's just started dating. Of course, if they were together 10 years, he would have just sent a text and stayed home. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's a genius award. And for this week's Genius Awards, we start off with this story. As he was preparing to leave jail after posting bond, a Florida man decided, well, that was the perfect time to steal a $60 webcam off of a desk in the county lockup. 35-year-old Stephen Moran was arrested for criminal mischief and booked into the Indian River County Jail on that misdemeanor charge. A cop say that while Moran was awaiting release in the booking area, he disconnected a Logitech webcam from a jail computer and placed the device in his pocket. Moran subsequently departed the lockup upon posting a $1,000 bond. Investigators subsequently identified Moran as the alleged culprit and arrested him for depriving the county jail the right and use of property. Yeah. <clears throat> Moran, who was later freed after posting 500 bucks on the misdemeanor theft count, now is scheduled for arraignment. I tell you, I love it. His name is Moran. Yeah, couldn't be more perfect. I mean, just replace that A with an O and he's good to go. Hey, maybe he just needed that webcam to chat with people online, you know? He's probably hoping to use it to connect with someone on that new dating website, Plenty of Felons. And then there's these four teenagers. This just recently happened. They were accused of setting fire to an unoccupied house in Pennsylvania down in the Johnstown, Pennsylvania area. Then, the best part, they posted the footage of the Inferno on Snapchat. That's always beautiful. Police used the social media post to identify and later arrest the little teenagers, ranging from age 12 to 14, for that fire in a Ferndale, Pennsylvania duplex. The girls tell the police they started the blaze because they were bored. You know, boredom is a choice, just in case you didn't know that. Anyway, Ferndale police chief said that they allegedly used numerous aerosol sprays, bug spray, Lysol, and such to ignite the fire. A police officer and a firefighter actually suffered minor injuries during the blaze. Authorities said that the teens are charged with felony arson, causing a catastrophe, trespassing, and endangering another person. And they were released to their families. Their cases now are headed to Cambria County Juvenile Court. I thought when kids were bored, though, they did things like watch movies. Next time, they should just turn on Drew Barrymore's classic fire starter. <laughs> I mean, these kids definitely need to get their lives in order. Let's just hope that their parents light a fire under their butts. Or how about the Southwest airline pilot allegedly exposed his genitals while he was flying a plane from Philadelphia to Orlando last summer. Federal authorities charged in a recent court document. Now, the pilot, Michael Hack, intentionally committed an act of lewd, indecent, and obscene exposure of his genitals in a public place on the flight on which he was the pilot in command. The acts began and continued and were completed while the aircraft was in flight from Philadelphia International Airport to Orlando International Airport, uh, during which it overflew parts of the District of Maryland and other federal districts, according to the complaint. Now, it's unclear what lewd acts he specifically participated in during the flight beyond exposing himself, but in a statement, a Southwest spokesperson said the pilot had actually left the airline before charges against him were filed. But I don't get why this man got into so much trouble. I mean, this is what happens when somebody works in the cockpit. <laughs> I mean, maybe... That was just some confusion here. Sounds like he just released the wrong landing gear. And this story comes from a little community not far from where my dearly departed grandmother lived near Dry Fork, Arkansas. In northwest Arkansas, a 32-year-old Huntsville, Arkansas man 
was arrested after he threw Molotov cocktails at police and threatened them with a machete and a knife. His name is Daniel Joseph Harvey. He took police on a chase through the streets of downtown Huntsville on the morning of Good Friday, occasionally lobbing Molotov cocktails from his mother's Jeep Liberty. <laughs> Two of the incendiary devices caused fires on the pavement in downtown Huntsville. It's not a very big town to have all that stuff going on. Well, the incident started when Lieutenant Mike Sloan, a sheriff's deputy, saw Harvey pull into the parking lot of a temporary holding facility in Huntsville. Uh, Harvey has a battery charge pending against him from a previous incident in which he reportedly tried to stab Officer Sloan and threw a Molotov cocktail at him. Well, in the prosecutor's report, Sloan wrote he recognized Harvey from the prior incident. Sloan went out to the vehicle to talk to Harvey, who appeared agitated, obviously. Harvey brandished a knife, according to the report. Sloan pulled his gun and told him to drop the knife. Well, Harvey sped away, and the chase ensued. Harvey stopped the vehicle, lit a Molotov cocktail, he says, and, quote, threw it out the window at me while I was trying to exit my patrol vehicle, Sloan wrote. Well, Harvey's now in jail and could be charged with attempted capital murder. I mean, this clown had to be under the influence of something. I mean, there's no way Molotov were the only cocktails he indulged in up down that day, you know? I mean, who the heck uses Molotov cocktails anymore? Sounds like somebody's been playing a little too much Grand Theft Auto. And you got to check this one out. A Florida woman is now facing a felony child neglect charge after police found cocaine and a cut straw atop her three-year-old son's copy of The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss. 24-year-old Casey Coco was arrested after police found narcotics in a residence in Largo, which is right outside the Tampa Bay, Florida area. Along with the bump of suspected cocaine, cops seized marijuana and a baggie of pills suspected to be MDMA. According to a criminal complaint, the drugs were easily accessible to Coco's child. Cuoco was also charged with felony child abuse for leaving her son with, quote, significant bruising as a result of corporal punishment that allegedly, quote, exceeded the accepted for level of force. Now, reports say she could also face drug charges after lab tests are performed on the items confiscated from her home. Cuoco, uh, who works, by the way, as a bartender at Applebee's, was booked into jail on the two criminal counts. So she could totally be the main character in the new Dr. Seuss book. You know, I'm thinking maybe the title would be um, Florida Folk Who Snort Coke. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, the woman clearly has the wrong book. I mean, based on her illicit activity, she would have been better off with a copy of Hunter Biden's memoir. And you'll never believe this. Noise? What noise? Huh? A pair of Florida sheriff's deputies responding to a party noise complaint appeared to back down a little too quickly when they were told their boss was among the guests. Now, the uh, rather uncomfortable encounter between the deputies and the party guests in Parkland, Florida, was caught on the body cam footage of one of the officers and obtained by the Sun Sentinel newspaper. When told by some attendees and the homeowner that the Broward Sheriff Gregory Tony was in the backyard of the home, whooping it up with the crowd, one deputy started to walk away. You guys do whatever you want. Have a nice night, the deputy said, according to the paper. Of course, no action was taken by the law enforcement because the city's noise ordinance really didn't kick in until 11 p.m., officials said. The sheriff is not seen on the body cam footage, and his presence at the party wasn't officially confirmed. But look, these cops, I'm sure, didn't want to mess with their boss because, well, they probably thought they'd get the shaft. Or in this case, uh, <clears throat> the nightstick. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, maybe their boss wasn't even there. I mean, there were no reports of uh, Dunkin' Donuts boxes at the party. Okay, well, I got one more. A Milwaukee man tries to break into the elephant enclosure at a local zoo to impress his daughter. Yeah. Armand Bullock's 
allegedly climbed over a locked fence area in the outdoor exhibit at the Milwaukee County Zoo closing around closing time. He then began to scale the second fence, but was stopped by park workers before reaching the zoo's two African elephants. The individual was stopped from going where he really could have gotten hurt says Tim Weil, the zoo's curator of large mammals, in a statement. Milwaukee County Sheriff's deputies told WISN-TV 12 that the 27-year-old was spotted sitting on the fence and dangling his legs into the exhibit. Now, Bullock's was cited for trespassing, and he got fined 263 bucks by the deputies. Investigators said he wanted to impress his daughter. <clears throat> Zoo officials warned the stunt could have ended worse than it did for the daredevil daddy. There's a number of accounts of people who work with elephants who have been killed or badly injured by them, according to Wild. This guy definitely should have attempted to sneak his daughter inside the elephant's enclosure. He shouldn't have tried that, you know? I mean, after all, this, uh, this, this country doesn't need another miner in a cage. There was no reason to bring her inside the enclosure. I mean, after all, if you want your kid to see a pack of elephants roaming around, just bring her to the nearest McDonald's. In any case, maybe you know somebody who could benefit from all this stupidity that I read every week. Well, then just share this podcast with them, okay? Just click the little share button, send it to all your friends. I know listening to all this buffoonery in my stupid world is addicting. You want more. That's why we have more coming up this weekend. Better yet, just subscribe to the whole thing and you'll always have a new episode popping up into your podcast player as soon as it's published. And if you please care to do so, leave a five-star rating and make up some kind of review, you know, for the podcast. If you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, that's even better because when you rate and review, uh, well, it actually gives people the impression that you actually listen. So go ahead. Yeah, a little white lie won't hurt anything. Now, let me just conclude on a passing thought. Marriage is when a man loses his bachelor's degree and a woman gets her master's degree. You know, this podcast would not be possible without sources of stupidity. Thanks to the talented writers from folks at A-List Comedy, Ad Large Media, Premier Prep, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and the Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.